If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Border security is homeland security, which is national security. Uh, It's not a partisan issue. It's not something we can separate out. It's core to being a sovereign nation. Nation? Um, Joe made the argument earlier, sending the National Guard to the border. How about the National Guard guards the nation? I mean, it's right there in the name. On the other hand, I've heard some military people say this is not a good use of our Military people, you're putting them in a no-win situation mm-hmm. if something happens, blah, blah, blah. So I thought we ought to talk to somebody who knows more about it at some point. Yeah, yeah. And why not usher Mike Lyons in at this point? Mike, uh, highly respected military analyst for CBS and uh, one of our favorite guests. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me back. So let's talk about, uh, it's our pleasure, let's talk about the the National Guard being sent to the border. Any initial thoughts on that? Yeah, not a good idea. Um, I, I don't think that uh, they're not prepared for that mission at all. I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know what they do when they get there. They can't run around and capture anybody crossing the border. They, they sure as heck can't cross the border themselves. Um, we don't know whether they're going to be armed or not. You know, perhaps they'll bring some intelligence collection tools with them, you know, binoculars and things that are pretty simple like that. 
But the bottom line is it, it shows that we've not invested enough in Border Patrol and what's going on there already. I mean, that's really right. what it's kind of covering up. I mean, it's a sad comment there. But, you know, the president in classic pop-off fashion, you know, this is, you know, fire-ready aim. I don't know what, what, what the word you want to use, but the bottom line is he just kind of pops off. He wants to do something down there. And the military, once again, gets tagged to fix a problem that um, probably you really can't fix. Well, to be fair to Trump, other presidents have done this, Obama and Reagan, where you, uh, mm-hmm. did you think it was a bad George idea? George W. as well. George W., do you think it was a bad idea when they did it? Yeah, it's just, to me, it's just it's just veiled in politics. Um, and what are they responding to? Is there a certain spot? Is there a certain area? It's, you know, the, the, anytime you deploy the military, you got to think geography. Okay, what's the piece of land we're trying to capture, defend, protect, whatever the case may be? And maybe, I don't know, maybe there is a spot down there that uh, there's particularly leaky or so, and there's a big hole in the wall or something, and you've got to send people down there. But I, I don't know, other than that, um, the military does bring infrastructure, and it does bring, you know, it possibly, again, intelligence collection. It, it could possibly right. put things out there. But other than that, I just don't it, – it, over, it oversells – a solution and undersells the people that are supposed to be doing the job. Well, right. I uh, had the same question earlier this morning. If we need those people down there, and several presidents in a row have done that, let's just fund it and hire those people. The irony right. of sending uh, the National Guard down there is the one thing they are not allowed to do is act like a soldier. Um, right. They can they can surveil and they can uh, provide administrative support. So it seems yeah. like an odd move. But if we need them, let's get right. them down there permanently. So uh, moving along, and, and listen, we've already discussed the president's tendency to think out loud, um, yep. a way to put it charitably. Um, he's addressed bringing the troops home from uh, Syria. That doesn't appear to be happening. Uh, what is the current state of our involvement in Syria, and what's the future look like? Yeah, I find it amazing that we're, we don't want to send the military on some level to protect our border, but we want to keep soldiers in Syria to protect the Syrian border. So, I, you know, again... I do think the, that the, the president's right on this about getting soldiers out of there. We have 2,000 soldiers inside of Syria, of which they've been really sent there over the course of the last few years, you know, kind of a trickle at a time. And we don't want to create this uh, mission creep there to try to do something we're not, we shouldn't be doing. But the bottom line is we don't have any kind of large footprint there whatsoever. We can support it from the air. The, the, the Syrian situation is going to be solved by the Iranians, the Russians, and uh, it looks like the Turks now at this point, and that that alliance is is pretty strong. They had a meeting there the other day, and we just that that decision was cast by the Obama administration. And the, the fact that they're throwing beer at the bleachers at Trump over this is again just such a hypocrisy. This this was this is all all Trump is doing is what Obama wanted to do at the end of his presidency. So, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, you hear the arguments from uh, some people, including a, a lot of Republicans, that we you know do we want to leave the Middle East to Russia and Iran, and we're not going to have a role in it. But then, when I hear somebody say, "Okay, if we're in, if we're going to leave these troops in Syria, what is our goal, and how will we know when we've accomplished it?" Those are two yeah. questions I certainly can't answer. Can you? No, and two thousand troops again is nothing. If we wanted, if we had fifty thousand, if we left a division, for example, twenty thousand troops in Iraq at the end of that in two thousand eleven, but that you know that didn't happen. That would be one thing. But uh, two thousand troops, you, you could they could be out of there in, in ten minutes. So I don't I don't understand why 
We don't have any strategic commitment there. The, the die was cast long ago. Let the Saudis, let the Jordanians, let others come in to try to fight ISIS. I, I, I'm watching people talk about the ISIS 3.0. I mean, please, that, that's not going to happen in, in, in that spot. And if it does happen there, the, the Iraqi border has been secure. That was our primary mission. Syria, who cares? I, we have zero national security interests inside of Syria. If Syria blows up again internally, whatever. It doesn't have any effect on the United States. So we ceded control of that region a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've got to admit, when I see... You know, Turkey and and Russia and Iran get together. It's you know, it's 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 a fox and a wolf and a bear discussing the hen house. Um, right. But at the same time, any I think any counterbalance to that would have to be massive, and nobody has a stomach for that. Right, it'd have to be Saudis, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, the United States, the Israelis. That that that's the kind of the cloud that that hangs around that. The U.S. would um, provide air power, but we're not putting troops on the ground anytime soon there. I think, um, you know, the Iranians are still, or the Israelis are still very concerned about what the Iranians are doing with their nuclear program. I, I don't think that that's, that's over yet. So, again, um, this, this was a die that was cast years ago when we let the Russians decide that they were going to take care of the chemical weapon problem inside of Syria, and we saw what great job they did with that. Um, and we're, we're out of there. There's no reason. to 2,000 2, soldiers inside of Syria is nothing more than a sacrificial lamb on a stick. And if they all get wiped out or something, then what do we have? We have Gulf of Tonkin. We're going to throw 50,000 troops back into Syria? I don't think so. So my question would be, you're a military guy. According to the news reports, is Trump personally wanted to get out. The military people convinced him to leave the troops there. So, so what's their reasoning then? Well, you know, it's kind of—it's going to sound bad, but it's job security. You know, this—that does sound bad. That does sound bad. It's—it's—it's—it's kind of like a playground. The military recognizes, and the army in particular, is losing its mission. It recognizes that, you know, these are areas that, um, you know, all the things get tested in these places. You'd be surprised the kind of technology that shows up there. Um, we want to support the Kurds. I get all that, and 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 the people that can possibly stay behind there and train, but it's not. It's still not enough to 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 say that we're going to keep that any troops there to support them because we have the 2,000 troops that are there. There's a long tail of logistics that goes to support them. We've got tremendous air assets that that are there to support them as well. So it's it's expensive. I, again, it gets back to strategy. We have nothing inside of Syria that's st- of strategic value to the U.S. ISIS has finally been been defeated. Let, let, we're not going to take Assad out, so let's just get let this let's just think, take it over with. Military analyst Mike Lyons on the line. A final depressing question from me, Mike. Uh, Jack may have more depressing questions, but uh, Afghanistan. Anything resembling progress? Any clarity at all as to why the hell we're still doing what we're doing? No, that's that's now turned into the same as we've so many analogies to Vietnam there, except the Taliban just can't get uh, in, any kind of upper hand. We can't bring them to the table. And again, you've got the military saying, well, we've got to stay here because we'll lose everything when the time comes. Um, I like the, the Afghan government right now is not been um, on the up and up with some of their reporting and they've, they've gone out and they've done some things that uh, that are not acceptable, let's say, to what we want them to do. They're still no level of security there that, that an American can or anybody can walk into the streets and not feel that they can potentially be blown up by a suicide bomber. So that, that situation remains the status quo. Uh, but again, there are some in the military that like that because it, bottom line is it, it keeps uh, it keeps the, the kind of mach- the, the machine rolling. Well, and plus no pitcher wants to be removed from the game. Right. They right. think they can get the next guy out. And I'd imagine yeah. no commander thinks... Uh, he wants to be the guy who's told, no, you're never going to succeed. Come home. 
So. Yeah, the guy, the guy that's there right now was actually at West Point when I was there. I do know him, and I'm sure H.R. McMaster, he wants a shot at it. Everybody wants a shot at it to think that they can fix it. You know, Petraeus, he took his shot at it. And no president wants that hanging on, you know, they don't want hanging on their administration because they don't want to see that, you know, that helicopter on the roof of the embassy scene again that we saw in 1970. Yeah, but nobody's paying attention. I mean, I think I think that's right. what a lot of these presidents are getting wrong. The population's not paying attention. We could pull out right. of Afghanistan. They wouldn't even notice. Which is pathetic in its own way. But yeah, yeah I see right. your point. Uh, military analyst Mike Lyons. Uh, next time we have you on, Mike, we're going to discuss only cheerful and life affirming topics. Like the Masters this week, we all started. Let's 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 see how those boys do down there in, in Augusta. Let's, let's see. wish them all the best. I didn't even know you're a golf guy. We <laughs> could talk all day, Mike Lyons. <laughs> uh, Mike, thanks a million. Good to talk to you, Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I have a Masters question for you when we yes, come back. I'd be happy to answer it at length. How about inter- how interesting was that? That's a pretty controversial thing for Mike Lyons to say. Which part? Job security oh. drives some of the decisions. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I get that. That's why there's civilian control of the military in our system. You ask a Navy guy whether we should have more ships, he's going to say, yeah. I get to Lindsey Graham's and various people saying, you know, so we're just going to leave it to the Russians and whoever. you got to answer this question. What's our goal and how do we know when we've reached it? How do you answer? You can't answer that. I'll get back to you. There's no answer for that. I'll get back to you. We uh, need to stabilize the uh, region and uh, support the uh, allies and uh, the good actors and uh, bring stability to uh, the region. Yeah. Remember, this show may contain historical smoking. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Is the point of that story? That's unbelievable. That's pornography. I know it when I see it. Do we sound like prudes, Sean, when we say (laughs) We're looking at some cheerleaders somewhere. I mean, that's some seriously... They're twerking and grinding. Simulating intercourse. (laughs) That's what dancing is, right? Yeah. (laughs) To some extent. Yeah, well, I don't know. Not all Some dancing When I is. dance like this, I don't know about you, but I never have sex like this. When Fred... <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is that position called? <laughs> you, don't have, you won't have sex if you dance like that. So. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the, the handy Fred part of it. Fred and Ginger didn't look like they were stim- simulating intercourse. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. A um, couple of things. Backward and in heels. Am I right, lady? Um, <laughs> eh, that's serious. I'm not going to go that direction. So... Um, the Masters, what time does Tiger tee off? Is he teed off? Because I think we actually need to get the TV on the channel when that happens. Though, and we now welcome in. Oh, even, sorry. even non-golf fans are aware that Tiger Woods is the favorite, using my finger quotes, to win mm. the Masters. Um, and I was just thinking, am I rooting for him or against him? I will only watch on Sunday if he's in the mix. If he's not, I won't. it won't even cross my mind. But, uh, Positive, Sean, the, uh, the music, please. Sorry to interrupt, Jack, but. You have to talk that way when it's you're talking about... a radio show unlike any other. You're talking about the golf tournament? Tiger Woods. Even par, two back of the leaders after so, three holes. So he's already teed off. He is already teed off. He's two back after three. That's See, right. I think if he ends the day nine back, is that kind of the end of the story? Or 
Or, or he could quite possibly limp off the course, right? Uh, it's possible, yeah. Be carried off with the, his back in pieces. The azalea-lined course. <laughs> yeah. Jack, don't mention the golf course without mentioning the azaleas, <laughs> which are in bloom in Augusta. It is springtime. Everything's wonderful. I'm Jim Nance. It's a bit of a catch-22 for Tiger because he's really in the news because he's, you know, he's capable of playing in the Masters, so it's, you know, he's the favorite. But like up on the Today Show, they're rerunning video of his DUI arrest. Right. God, Tiger! You know, you don't want to have that happen. You don't drive drunk. But I'm not saying that's entirely fair to to run on a loop the DUI arrest video because he's playing in the Masters this weekend. <laughs> it's not fair, Jack. Clearly not. But it's very entertaining. On the other hand, I'm thinking Tiger Woods is probably a bad person I wouldn't like who's been mean to a whole bunch of people that didn't have it coming throughout his life. That'd be my guess. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, There are different ways to deal with incredible, transcendent, global fame. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have dealt with it well. No. And, you know, the the one thing you can't picture, unless you have it happen, is the number of people who come at you all the time. You guys take enough freaking pictures already? Of course, I tell you what. I was raised old school in terms of being a competitor and, and kind of the Jack Nicholas way. Which is, you are always gracious. If you're beaten, you shake their hand, you congratulate them. You know, if you win, the first thing you say is, uh, you know, Phil really fought hard out there. Today was my day. And Tiger is more the modern, I'm a god, I never acknowledge anybody, I'm such a superhero, why would I mention any of these other mortals? And I always found that incredibly off-putting. Um, but at the Says same the time... mortal. At the, yeah, you're <laughs> exactly. immortal. At the same time, global superstardom has got to be a little difficult to deal with if you're an Urkel-looking kid who never dated until you're, you know, in college. And then all of a sudden you turned in this swole, would-be Navy SEAL uh, super-rich golf superstar. Didn't make anybody weird. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're sitting in a stoplight with four flat tires. <laughs> Both bumpers banged up. Thinking you're in California, but you're in Florida. He was just in California. (laughs) They're both coasts. That's a good right. That's a good drunk when you're three thousand miles off of where you actually are. (laughs) Hey, Tig, here's a quick one. Do you see alligators or uh, like brown bears? (laughs) That's none of your business. (laughs) Because that's a clue. Do you see a lot of white-tailed deer or manatees? How old is Tiger Woods? Sixty-two. Forty-two. This point. So it's yeah, uh, so. not unheard of to win a golf tournament at 42. Oh, right? no, absolutely not. And he uh, he has a swing speed back. Oh, I, I went too far. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I went too far golf-wise. But, yeah, he is absolutely playing the sort of golf he could win. There's going to be a nine-months pregnant Hooters waitress at the end of the tee, though, yelling, Tiger, this is my baby! You can never go too far when talking golf, especially swing speeds getting back. I'm Jim Nance, the most bland <laughs> broadcaster in America. Friends. <laughs> I'm the broadcast version of a glass of room-temperature water. <laughs> I order my toast dry, my spaghetti with no sauce. What, what I want to what I want to see is a woman in an actual waitress outfit, some hot gal, some hot whiskey tango gal. Um, there at the 18th green, little kid holding her hand, yelling, "Who's my daddy? Who's my daddy?" Well, that'd be distracting. <laughs> and her yelling, "Tiger, tiger!" Oh, that'd be so good. I want a blonde woman wearing skis on the sideline. 
We actually, Why don't you call me? She would bellow at him from her skis. Well, they don't put up with that S at Augusta, though, uh, Michael. You will get tossed out for yelling dilly dilly, as the, we've learned. He does have a current ex-girlfriend who's wanting to break her non-disclosure agreement. Can we come together as a people that, you know, Tiger cheating on his wife and his beautiful little children, it's inexcusable, and running around and banging everything that could fog a mirror, absolutely inexcusable. At the same time, being some sort of skank who gets with famous people, signs a non-disclosure agreement, for takes money. the money, and then later decides you can get more money by talking. Can we all come together and, and understand that that person is morally bankrupt? If you're a decent person, I don't think I would ever sign a non-disclosure agreement, but I wouldn't take any money either. I'd just be, look, I'm not going to say anything. We had a relationship. It didn't work out. I'm not going to tell anybody. I wish you well. Goodbye. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and, you know. And there must be a, a fair amount that, go, that that goes on with a Donald Trump with the Tiger Woods, because there's a lot more than these couple women. Well, I remember when this was a hot topic uh, as we uh, we the people came to terms with a, a generation of, of kids and young adults who would post everything about themselves online and the the desire for fame in the modern era. That's what you ask kids what they want to be and they'll just say famous. Well, these chicks are fame seekers. Fame whores, you might say. Hmm? And so they're just willing to trade absolutely anything, including their dignity for fame. It's ugly. It's pathetic. Looking through some of the USA Today stats for the day, half of Americans are not contributing at all to a 401k plan. I don't know how many of them have it offered to them that aren't contributing, but uh, fair number. Opt out instead of opt in. Oh, you know, we never talked seriously about professional juries. Oh, yeah? You were just on a jury. You could comment on it. Absolutely. Why don't we reapproach that during the award-winning fourth hour for those who receive it? Those I, who don't, talk to your local station and/or check out the podcast. If I become a professional juror, does that mean I forego my the rest of my collegiate juror yeah, career? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Even if you get an agent, you can't be an amateur. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump Twitter war on Washington Post and Amazon ramping up this morning, and what you need to know about the most common parasitic worm infecting Americans. Yeah. And yes, FM is involved. She have found a way to work fecal matter into the newscast today. Well done. You've got a bit of an obsession. Have you ever seen anybody about that? It's just a recurring <laughs> theme. What can I tell you? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I didn't want to get all more serious with Mike Lyons. We talked to him for quite a while, but I think it's becoming more and more clear Barack Obama's decision to not punish Syria for using chemical weapons was was a major, major historical moment. Mm -hmm. And um, it's becoming more clear as time goes by. The Russians used and Iran uh, with Syria used chemical weapons just this past week. Again, in uh, in clearing out one of the cities. Clearly, chlorine uh, attack. Yeah, it hardly even makes the news. Right. But we have got bad actors on the planet using chemical attacks. With no pushback whatsoever. Yeah. I'd say the other Obama decision that will echo through history is leaving Iraq in, was it 2013, 2011? Um, That allowed ISIS to rush in, which turned out to be a temporary problem. But the permanent change was that Iran rushed in to support the Iraqi regime, made Iraq a client state of Iran. 
and now controls the region. Starting with and George, they can have it. Probably. George Bush's historical decision to evade Iraq in the first place. Right. Right. Which is probably not going to be judged well by history. It really isn't currently judged very well, but. Uh, let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump says the Washington Post acts as a lobbyist for Amazon. In a tweet this morning, Trump slammed what he called the fake news Washington Post, Amazon's chief lobbyist calling one of their headlines phony. He said the headline, Trump defiant as China adds trade penalties is wrong, should read. Trump defiant as U.S. adds trade penalties will end barriers and massive IP theft. He ended that tweet saying typically bad reporting. Now, there was a story in the New York Post yesterday how Amazon has cost Trump millions. They're trying to go with the angle that the reason he's making this big Amazon thing is uh, the most recent Forbes list of the richest people in the world, Trump was down $600 million, a lot of it having to do with retail stores. He's got a lot of brick-and-mortar type right. stores in his buildings. Selling and- Trump steaks, Trump water. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trump University t-shirts. Right. right. And um, and that, that, that has cost him a, t- a ton of money, and that's why I don't know if that makes any sense. I mean, you can punish Amazon all you want. The brick-and-mortar ain't coming back. Right. Whether it's Amazon or someone else, right. online is, is the future, and... I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's hard to say. How about the emoluments clause? (laughs) San Diego County now has its first city fighting California's sanctuary state law. The Escondido City Council voted last night to support a suit brought on by President Trump's administration. Shout out, Escondido. We knew we could count on you. The suit against the so-called California Values Act. Now, the debate inside and outside the chambers was lively. But you break into our country illegally, you are a criminal beg your pardon Even illegal criminals more rights than our citizens is illegal is immoral is insane and yes is unconstitutional well you can't argue All with that doing is, is wanting to attack mexican americans in this city right um but what that first person say i couldn't understand Oh, the one who was yelling? Shouting something. Yeah. Giving illegal criminals oh, more no, rights no, no, than no, our wait. citizens. I couldn't understand. Right. I agree with that one. Come on. Why isn't that this it is doesn't not matter. coming up? Well, it how about Jerry matter. Brown pardoning a number of people for their crimes right. so they wouldn't get deported? Repatriated, Joe. Right. Which is specifically giving illegal aliens rights and privileges that a citizen could never expect. So the, the, the weight of justice is thrown toward an illegal. There are probably a thousand citizens guilty of those same things right. who will not be pardoned. So, Jerry, you bent yourself into a pretzel of, of unbelievable, unbalanced treatment of people. And look, some of the cases that he did it, I get it. They're sympathetic. Some of these people have clearly straightened out their lives. They're all right people, blah, blah, blah. But you just can't do that. Sometimes when you do the right thing, it, you wish it had gone another way. But that doesn't mean, Jerry, a syphilitic old coot, that you should do the wrong thing, which is pardon people just because they're illegals. How's Tiger doing in the Masters? Do we have an update? Uh, it's none of your business. I'm not saying a word without the music. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Tiger Woods with a beautifully judged 15-foot putt on the third hole has gone... One under par and trails leaders by a single stroke. Wow. He's recovered beautifully from his first shot that went into the stands, but he is now uh, on the leaderboard. Wait. And indeed, the Azalea line fairways are buzzing. Of course, with that to be Tiger Woods. I'm not, I'm not done. <laughs> buzzing with excitement that Tiger is back and apparently in form. 
Johnny? To be, do you mind if I call you Johnny? <laughs> I suppose you could. Um, uh, to be Tiger Woods, of course, you got to have a pretty strong brain, pretty, pretty strong mind. But you put your first tee shot into the crowd, it'd be pretty easy to crumble at that point. Aw, crap! <laughs> It'll all come down to Amen Corner, as it often does. I'm Jim Nance, the most bland man in all of broadcasting. But Tiger's wearing all black, you said? That's right. So is he trying to go with that hard gangster, I'm kind of dangerous thing now? Has he got the goatee? Well, it, it's his hat sideways. It, it's golf clothing, so it's not that gangster. <laughs> On another note, actress Kirsten Bell's bout with pinworms is finally over. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. The Good Place star recently shared a very sobering story about discovering pinworms in her three-year-old daughter's FM, fecal matter. What are you doing digging through your daughter's FM? Looking for worms. And eventually she got infected with the worms herself. Bell telling USA Today she was stunned about how she had never heard of the worms before and how easy they are to catch. She said it's hilarious to get this disgusting disease from your child, so why is nobody talking about it? Because we don't want to talk about your poo, Kristen. Kirsten, we are talking about. Why it are you this collecting morning? your daughter's poo? Do you do scrapbook with it, or what are you doing? Well, she saves one from each year of her life. Here you are in eighth grade. <laughs> right. See that? That's a firm stool sample, right there. A great graduation present <laughs> or wedding present. Uh, mm. You laugh, you laugh, my friend. But pinworms, we do. Pinworms are small parasites that live in the colon and are the most common worm infection in the U.S. I remember as a little kid there was some sort of outbreak of pinworms. And I remember my mom talking about it and everybody had to take some medicine or something. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Of course, we lived in an apartment complex that had mushrooms growing in the carpets. Sanitary conditions were not super. Oh, anyway, the pinworm eggs can be transferred to the fingers from clothing or bedding and then yeah. spread around the home, and they can be inhaled. They can be inhaled from the air. Inhaled? Uh, so yes. what we, that's, that's, that's horrifying. Yes. So, so what are we supposed to do? How Take do we, how do we not poo. get it? Stay away from other people. Well, don't inhale. Don't, don't inhale. Are, no, I tell you what. If, if, if it's <laughs> yeah. around, yeah. you may get it, yeah. period. Yeah. So check your stool every day. <laughs> That's, That's a look at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. And post pictures of it online and ask people to comment <laughs> in case there are doctors out there, you know. A statue was taken down. We've been following that story across the country, right? You're Robert E. Lee's. You're, uh... Stonewall's Jackson. Who is the leader of the Confederacy? You're uh, Jefferson's Davis. Yeah, exactly. How about McKinley coming down in Arcata, California? What was that all about? Oh, for God's sake. Uh, that story and other stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Yesterday's White House lunch with Baltic leaders shows that President Trump has served food with larger salt and pepper shakers than everyone else he dines with. Not only that, but his placemat has the easiest maze. Come on, now. Did you guys see that picture floating around? No. So, here you can see... Okay, we're looking at a picture right now. This is uh, the Trump and and, 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 uh, the cabinet members there. It looks like his cabinet, all sitting at a table. So he's got the regular size... 
salt and pepper shakers that appear behind his name placard. And then you got like these little like tea cat like dollhouse sets of salt and pepper shakers for everyone else at the he, table. He clearly has bigger salt and pepper shakers as president than everybody else does. Now, whether what that's a Trump thing the hell? or it's a president thing, it's ridiculous either way. <laughs> Because you're the president and we're merely cabinet members, we have smaller salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> Give everyone else like a spork and a tiny, tiny knife. Well, right. If a congressman sits at the table, they just give him the little paper packet of pepper. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to tear it open in the little paper packet of salt. Yeah. Or maybe it's part of being in the cabinet. You get swag. You get to choose your own salt and pepper shakers. I demand a pepper grinder. <laughs> So we got some text. I'm going to need the uh, master's music. Oh yeah, for this first text. Um. Well, actually, you should re- you should read it as Jim Nance. Tiger, Tiger, one behind the lead. Oh wait, Tiger has gone into wait the, the outhouse one. Yeah. Oh yeah. okay. You don't you don't <laughs> sound like Jim Nance. Hi friends, Jim Nance here, Augusta National Masters 2018. Oh wait. Tiger has gone into the nearest outhouse with a pretty redhead. <laughs> Over to up. Jason Day on 7. <laughs> Tiger has just gone into a porta potty with an attractive redhead. Hey, Michael, can you go come up with a uh, golf uh, ball being hit sound? That'd be funny to work in. Just when, at some point. It doesn't have to be now. When I go to ice cream parlors, I'm Jim Nance. People assume you're bland. You'll probably order vanilla. No, too much flavor. I have them scrape the ice off the inside of the freezer. Put that in a cone? Nay. Put that on a paper towel. I will eat the ice. I'm Jim Nance. Very bland. Bland is what he is. Now to David um, Faraday on 16. You have to confirm whether or not this is true or not. Yes. Best golf heckling I ever saw. Phoenix Open years ago as a chubby Phil Mickelson stepped onto the green. People were yelling, hey, Phil, show us your tees. <laughs> Has that happened, actually, I'm at a golf tournament? I'm not familiar with that. But that's that's hurtful, those of us who uh, carry our weight in that area. That is the most <laughs> NFL-y uh, place on the Pro Tour. They build a stadium around this par three, and people stay and drink all day, get completely drunk, and yell and chant. And remember a guy running around naked this year? Sounds like fun, actually. Oh, that was that same? That was that hole. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have gotten involved in all that. That would have oh, been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm working toward more serious texts, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Um, this one's slightly more serious. Hey, how about the real skank is in the White House banging a porn star with a 10-month-old at home? I wish this station would move you two out of the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, good um, luck with that. Um, uh, that, 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 that It is true. Oh, it's absolutely true. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, I knew that when he was elected. I still know that. But, yeah, that I don't find that to be cool behavior. I don't have friends who do that sort of thing. I just... So no, yeah. I believe you ought to be faithful to your spouse and your children, and but you know Trump sees it differently than I do. Yeah, period. But then, yeah. especially at that moment in your life, right, with yeah. a porn star, right? Oh, it's it's indefensible. Yeah, but you know his effect on my life is uh, much more political than sexual. I mean, I just it doesn't matter so to me. far. <laughs> um, this is pretty damn serious. Well, no, you're text. right. I don't disagree with you. I was talking about o- o- Obama judged poorly by history for his decision in Syria. Bush will be judged poorly uh, for his decision to go into Iraq. Hi, Jack. I spent all of 2005 in Iraq listening to you repeat the bumper sticker and that level analysis. Where are the WMDs while ignoring the more complicated and nuanced factors that got us here? F you, Jack. So hmm. I actually got an F you from a military guy. Over that not completely controversial statement, 
that it was a mistake to go into Iraq. Um, and my brother was there for the uh, starting gun of both times in Iraq, by the way. And and uh, we, who mentioned no WMDs? No, nobody. He's just saying I'm going with the bumper sticker analysis. Well, that's not true at all. We can't relitigate the invasion of Iraq every time it comes up. But I first, with all due respect, my first thought was, "Well, I got an an fu from a military guy." Then I thought, "It is social media. Fu is kind of like saying." Well, sir, I respectfully uh, disagree with one portion of your statement. Yeah, that's what you'd say in person. Right. In social media, you say F you. It's just the way social media works. And if you disagree strongly, you say you raped my brain with your a-hole statement. I hope you die in a fire. That means, wow, I'd really like to discuss this with you. <laughs> Always throwing a, and what are you, a blank, and then throw in some sort of pejorative right. thing that you're trying to cast Oh, go at. with alt-right. Go with alt-right. <laughs> You people who think, you throw in, like, alt-right, and you think, oh, I've won the argument, I'm standing triumphant, ah, you're hilarious. Um, so this is getting a lot of play, I think this is pretty interesting. How much, time have, I, how much time have I got, Michael? Uh, about three months. <laughs> I don't want to get halfway through this. No, you got about uh, three and a half here. Okay, cool. Uh... So the truth about the YouTube murderer is finally out. Well, she didn't murder anybody. She killed herself, thank God. She tried to kill a bunch of people. She would have if she could have. Would be mass murder, yeah. The media got it all wrong repeatedly. It was not a domestic violence attack. It was not a Muslim terrorist attack. It was not an angry right-wing gun nut NRA member railing at the leftist media. It was actually a far-left vegan PETA member railing against capitalists who were not paying her what she thought she was owed. Mm -hmm. You can't make this stuff up. That's getting a fair amount of attention. Yeah, that's pretty well um, put. The lack of attention this shooting is getting has something to do with the fact that she's a lot of those left-leaning things. I think a lot of the lack of attention is she didn't actually kill anybody. It happened on the West Coast. That's part of it. I think they're they're both factors. Uh, I just got hip to a police shooting at a uh, a college in California. Um, is it? Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It's the University of Chicago where um, police shot a guy who they claimed was uh, wielding a tire iron, crowbar, something like that. And uh, the word out on the streets was that he was unarmed, he was shot down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the protest started, and then they released the video and and um, the body cam. And it clearly shows the guy running at the cops with a crowbar about to cr- crush his head. So this would be an example of the body cameras helping the cops. Yeah, but uh, boy, the coverage of this has been, well, there has been none. None. It's plenty exciting. You got a police officer shooting a gun. And you got body cams. You got video. A guy without a gun. Right, exactly. But no, because he clearly was trying to brain the cop, and the cop had to shoot him. And the guy wasn't killed either. You know, thank God, because he's probably crazy, and maybe he'll get some help, but no coverage of it. So Middle Eastern woman, vegan, animal rights activist tries to shoot people, you think that plays a role in not getting as much attention? Sure. Now, there's no doubt if she had been a Trump-supporting NRA member, it would get more attention. I don't don't see how you could possibly argue with that. You can't. It uh, would be wall-to-wall right now on the uh, the networks we're watching. There were 38 active shooter situations in America last year, all of the men. So she did shatter that glass ceiling. Uh, Lovely. As it is, it's odd that a woman did it. She's odd all the way around. Yeah. She's all sorts of nut job, but. Yeah. You know, I've got a really embarrassing confession to make. I don't remember her name because I don't remember these people's names and we don't use them. I I don't read them. I try to skip over them with my eyes so I won't remember them. But 
every time I heard her name in the news, I thought, Adele Dazim. You thought of (laughs) John Travolta? John Travolta saying, the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Uh, She's a Christian, though, right? She's a a different branch of Christian. Is that what she is? Is that what you're talking about, Hanson? No, you don't know? She's a brand of faith that I was unaware of. Name I'd never heard before. Hmm. Even though she's a Middle Eastern name. Anyway, Hmm. the story appears to be over. Unless you've watched her crazy video in which she pets that duck over and over again. (laughs) She does what? She's petting a duck. Making some sort of commentary about animal rights. Hmm. Strange Ranger. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.